breast milk science. It's a thing, and it's our thing. We're Byheart. We're an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet, breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S.-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We make our formula in our own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, using a small batch manufacturing process that works to preserve the integrity of our ingredients. We ran the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in 25 years and clinically proved benefits like easier digestion, less gas, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. We were the first infant formula company to earn the Clean Label Project Purity Award. And while we've put a lot into Byheart, there's a long list of things you won't see on our ingredient list, like no corn syrup, no maltodextrin, no GMO ingredients, no soy, no palm oil. Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, good morning. Happy Monday to you. Good morning. Happy Monday. Usually, I'm not looking forward to Mondays, but it's a Monday I'm looking forward to, Donardo. It's a good the Pirates. The Pirates just got swept, and we are excited. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, yeah. Um. No, I don't know if excited is really the word, but I'm I'm um I'm content what's happening today. We have a big show to talk about today. Yeah, a lot I think of excited, stuff happening. Excited is a good word to use. Okay. Yeah, that's a proper adjective to use in, in this situation. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I was in a terrible mood yesterday. You and were that's why. You were I, I really was. You need to get off of Twitter like me. No, just post, I, I mean, just post something periodically and then just leave, step away. I was looking stop for it. You have I, to stop engaging people. It wasn't Twitter that put me in the bad mood. It's this organization that puts me in a bad mood. So I go onto Twitter more or less looking to lash out. Twitter is my venting, if that makes sense. It's kind of my therapy. I'm normally, you know, whatever positive, joking mood. But there's times where I get irritated. I'm looking for stuff. And that was yesterday. I was very irritated. This organization is very much irritating me in my lifestyle. And today's a little bit of a fix to that. So I'll give them that. But yeah, today there's three prospects. Three, Jim. Three prospects getting called up. Two making their actual MLB debut. One making their 2023 debut. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty exciting day, I guess. Absolutely. Um, last yesterday, well, we had the news from earlier in the weekend that Quinn Priester was going to be called up and making his start on Monday. So we've got Quinn Priest, Quinn Priester's major league debut coming up tonight. Uh, 2019 first round pick. We'll get into some Quinn Priester stuff, what to expect from him, how he's doing. We'll get into all that. Um, Andy Rodriguez also getting the call, which is exciting stuff. We've been clamoring for him 
about for quite some time now. Damn. So time. Yeah. Hopefully we see a lot more of really anyone not named Austin Hedges behind home plate from here forward. Um, and then also Leover Piguero getting the call. So he's uh he's put together a really good stretch of baseball. Um you know, his last month or so at Altoona, he was he was crushing the ball, uh, gets promoted to Indianapolis, and kind of just picked up where he left off. So well-deserving promotion from Piguero as well. So, yeah, we'll talk about all three this morning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I know we were kind of clamoring for, well, certainly two of these guys earlier in the season. Um one we've started to get on the train for. I'm I'm kind of shocked a little bit. A little bit. I'm shocked that he's Piguero's caught up right now, too. But uh yeah, Andy and Quinn Priester, like I said, we were kind of calling for earlier. One of the reasons, too, is like you know, the way this team was skidding right now is a little too too late for that. I know there's some people talking about like possible like playoff implications for this. These call-ups have nothing to do with playoffs. No one, no one in the right mind should be looking at playoffs at this point in time. That boat has sailed. The Pirates are one game away from being in last place in the NL Central. <laughs> you know, like, like no one's yeah. talking about playoffs for these call-ups. It's just, it's time. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what anybody is talking about when it comes to a playoff implica- implication. The Pirates are the fourth worst team in the National League currently. Uh, yeah. About to, be, <laughs> about to be even worse than that because they are playing extremely poorly. They've got the third worst run dif- differential in the National League. Uh, and they are on a on quite the skid. So, no, the Pirates are are on pace right now. They are well in line to finish in last place in the National League Central yet again. Uh, I would be surprised if they finish higher than fifth place. To be honest with you, at this point, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> Unfortunately, like it's sad, yeah. but they're a game back of the Cardinals. Uh, do you really think the Pirates are going to play one game better than the Cardinals from this point forward? I don't. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, hey, happy day. This is a day for excitement. You just brought me down, you and your negativity. So let's get back to this. Andy Rodriguez Rodriguez is making his major league debut today. It's something we've been clamoring for months for. Um, I mean, really all off season, we were basically like, it's so stupid that this guy is going to be trapped in the minors while we've got nothing but just complete black holes, you know, at the catching position. Uh, So here we are finally, July 17th. All it took was, you know, Basically, three months of Jason DeLay hitting below like 150. Uh, and, you know, Austin Hedges being basically the one of the worst hitting baseball players of all time. And that, that's not hyperbole. Like, he's on pace right. to be like a bottom five hitter ever. So, um, yeah, that's all it took. But Andy's finally here. Uh, and... Pirates fans should be excited. He's he's um he's an exciting player. Like the he's he's got kind of he's dynamic, he's athletic, uh hits the ball all over the field. I don't know exactly how much his power is going to translate to the major league level, but he's certainly capable of hitting a ball over the fence every now and then. Um very good approach to the to the 
you know, to his bats. Uh, you know, you talk about Henry Davis and, you know, he, you've kind of seen his approach so far. Andy Rodriguez has a very similar approach. He's not going to strike out a whole lot. He's going to draw yeah. some walks. He's going to put up, he's going to put up good at bats from both sides of the plate. So he's not one of those guys you got to platoon and you can't play him against lefty or can't play him against righty. It's like the dude can do it both from both sides of the plate. Um, he's pretty solid defensively, you know, from like a blocking standpoint, moving side to side. Um, he's, he's, he's pretty good there. Um, you know, this is a different call up from Henry Davis where Davis may not have been a hundred percent ready to be a major league catcher, but like Andy, Andy is like, if you've watched Andy this year, he's caught a lot of games and he's, he's looked just fine doing it. I think that's the biggest difference between Henry and Andy is that fact. Like Henry's bat was ready off. The, I mean, pretty much when he was drafted, right. It was ready. Now, granted there was injuries and there was that delay. And that's why there was questions with the bat, but we saw, you know, this year with him being healthy, that bat was absolutely ready to be in the majors this year. Right. But of course, we all knew like his development as far as being a catcher was certainly going to be a project, right? That's behind. And if he is even going to be a catcher, um, Andy Rodriguez, that wasn't the case, right? Like he was just he flew through the system last year. You still want to get him more, you know, like seasoning, I guess, to call it behind the plate or whatever. Um, it, but absolutely, you know, the bat wasn't ready. We saw like in AAA, like it, it was just to a slow start, you know. And here's the thing. We, we clamored for him to be here day one, right, in the majors, and he wasn't. You know, that is what it is. But to say, like, to see what his bat was doing in AAA, it was certainly struggling. Now, sounds like, you know, he's mentioned even to a point where, like, he was just pressing and maybe things weren't, weren't going well for him. Then he had the injury, right? But after the injury, maybe got his head clear a little bit. Like, he started turning it on, right? So, like, in the past 34 games, as you mentioned, he really turned it on, batting 321. 398 on base, 457 slugging. You're right. Good for a 117 way to runs created plus. Like that's the type of hitter he is. So you talk about power, like two home runs in that span. I'm not sure like what his power is going to be. Like Henry Davis, you know he's got a big bat. He's got power. We've seen it displayed, right? Where Andy, I think, is more like the hit tool. You know, you you've called this out before too, like with Varsho. You know, Andy has very good defense all around. Like he plays catcher, he plays first he plays second you know that's one thing that's that's kind of crazy like a catcher that can play second base right and the outfield i don't know how much that's going to translate into the majors if that's going to happen but like this is a catcher who can play defense elsewhere huge value especially when you have another catcher in your team like henry davis right your backups also play every day in other positions right like you like we talked about like if henry davis is starting catcher you potentially have a four-war player and Andy rodriguez being a backup catcher <laughs> because he plays all over the place right Crazy, crazy. But yeah, like I don't think the the power is really there. I think like seeing the exit velocities, everything, not saying that he can't develop it, but I don't think he's coming out hitting like 20 bombs, right? But the hit tool is what's really impressive. The the plate discipline, like you said, he doesn't strike out, he walks. Just a good overall approach. Um I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, I mean, you you had a that, that that's just a really good summary. Um, the, the versatility, <clears throat> the Pirates have had him catching a lot this year, right? So he's played one game at second base this, this, this year. He's played eight games at first base, hasn't played any outfield this season. Uh, a couple DH is sprinkled in there, but for the most part, he has been catching. He's actually already caught more games this year, um, you know, at this level than he has at any other 
level. Uh, so, yeah, um, really, really looking forward to him. Uh, like I said, I've, I've seen him a few times, you know, in person in the minors, and you can always tell when you're watching minor league baseball. It, it's it's funny because you know none of them are major leaguers yet, right? But you can always tell just like who's different. Yeah. And you could tell every time you saw Andy Rodriguez that he's different. Like the, the ball makes a different sound off of his bat than when other people hit. Like when, when, when you're watching a triple a baseball game and you get to Andy Rodriguez and his swing, the ball sounds different off his bat than your average triple a baseball player and that that's kind of what i that's one of my favorite things about minor league baseball is is like you can always kind of just tell like even if they're having a bad game they go over four or something you mm-hmm. can just tell like who the guy who the dudes are um and andy's a dude i'm not saying he's going to come up here and be an all-star but like the guy's a major league catcher i think we're going to be very happy with the upgrade that he provides specifically at the plate um from that position He's uh, he's someone to be excited about. He had one of the greatest seasons that I can even remember a pirate minor leaguer have last having last year. Yeah, for sure. And just the total ineptitude the Pirates have had from the catcher position all season long. It's going to be nice to have somebody in there that isn't just an automatic out. And I think that's what's the most exciting part about this. It's not even so much that Endy has arrived. It's that Austin... Hedges is no longer going to be there every single day. And I know we harp so much on Austin Hedges. So, so, so much. And I try to preface it also as much as I can. It's not really his fault, right? It's the Josh Van Meter effect. He's not the one starting himself every single day. But whatever. You know, with Endy coming up, it sounds like, right, the little nuggets that Ben Charrington gets when he's not just giving – straight up lying GM talk, right? Like he did yesterday and said, we're, we're very comfortable and happy with our catching situation with hedges and delay. And then five hours later, he calls up Andy Rodriguez, right? <laughs> so, you know, I think this thing is, Andy's going to start the majority of the time at catcher. Hedges is going to start less. And maybe like, like it, I felt like I got a little inkling here that maybe Henry Davis starts catching here on out. Not often, but starts to. And that's that's something to hang your hat on. Because, yeah. again, less and less and less of Austin Hedges. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they can start sprinkling Davis a little bit more back there, play ND the majority of the time, I'm fine. Start Hedges once a week. You know, I'm, I'm cool with yeah. that. Like I said, I, I've... If Austin Hedges had been a backup catcher this entire time, I I could completely live with what he's doing. It's just I can't I can't take this five times a week. I do not hate Austin Hedges' skill set. Like he has value and he belongs on a major league team. That's why like this whole DFA thing, like I I don't it's just he's not a starting everyday catcher. He hurts you too much. He's your backup. That's perfectly fine. I mean, I would rather have someone like a Chris Stewart has a glove and like somewhat of a bat, right? But like, I'm not going to hate on the fact if Austin Hedges is my backup catcher. He's a perfectly fine backup catcher. 
Correct. And what I do like with him, what he presents to this club, is there's a lot that he has a lot of knowledge. I mean, he's there's a lot that he has as far as ability, like catching. And that's what these two kids need, right? Like they, they could be a sponge to him and develop. He could teach them a lot in that way. And that's what I like the most about him. It's what he can bring to these two players. Just don't go up to the plate. <laughs> and and hopefully we're getting more of that. Yeah. No, exactly. So yeah, I I'm I'm excited. Um Zips projects, I mean if you if you're into that kind of thing. Zips projects Andy Rodriguez basically as a league average hitter going forward. So that's 80% again, better than Austin Hedges. That's that's quite a significant like, that's that's four times the offensive output you were getting from Austin Hedges if that if that happens, if he's league average. There you go. There you go. You might not have to have two pinch hitters for your catcher every single game. Yeah. I mean, you're using your entire bench to just hit for your catchers late in games, essentially. Yeah. One thing I did want to bring up, and again, some little harp on a little bit in that sense, but during this time span when, again, Andy was dominating, again, we're talking about how inept the catching position has been. Austin Hedges batted 183 with a 21 rate runs created plus. Jason Delay batted 143 with a 22 weight runs created plus. So again, like Jason Delay's numbers, like overall, very skewed to his hot April. He doesn't play a whole lot, but he's been Austin Hedges terrible since then as well. It's been, like you said, a complete black hole. Those are so, two yes. numbers. But did you just say 21 and, and 22. 22 weighted Correct. runs created plus? Correct. I think this is just what you know, has annoyed us for so long is yeah. Andy isn't just tearing up triple a or what, you know, and, and actually he has been the last month or so, but like the overall numbers, he hasn't been tearing up the league, right. Because he did start off slow, but like he's still significantly better than the present options. So right. it's, it was the most, it was the most glaring way to just immediately improve this team was to call up Andy Rodriguez. And I think that's why it was so frustrating waiting so long, because again, like you don't need Andy to be, uh, you know, you don't need Andy to hit three twenty and and hit 10 in 10 home runs and get on base at a four fifty clip. Like he was in, you know, double a, you don't need to, you don't need that out of him. You just need someone who's somewhat competent at the plate and you've got an instant, pretty significant upgrade at that position. So, yeah, I'm happy it's happening. Um, it was pretty cool. that you saw the video yesterday of Andy Rodriguez getting the yeah. news. He was super He's excited. Pumped. So, I always love those videos. It, uh, that those are those are always neat. But yeah, Andy Rodriguez major league debut today. Can't wait. Very much so. All right. Let's uh let's transition over to the next guy then. I guess the guy that you knew was happening first. Let's talk about Quinn Priester. That was announced more so over the weekend. Speaking about videos, if you saw his as well, his was told like in game. So he started this weekend. He pitched and he only pitched one inning. And that set alarms off a lot of people. I mean, again, if you're in the North Shore Nine Discord, which if you're not, get in it. But if you're in the North Shore Nine Discord, everyone's talking about, oh my God, Quinn Priester pitched one inning and it was pulled. Quinn Priester alert, right? And that's actually what happened. He saw his his video. He was just sitting on the bench, and the coach was like, we're not putting you back in. So we can't. 
you're going to the major leagues, right? So uh, Quinn Priester makes his major league debut. Going to start today, Jim. Again, that's what's really, really awesome. Three players getting caught up on the same day, and I assume all three are going to start. So Quinn Priester and Andy catching Quinn Priester, maybe? Uh, maybe. That's going to be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so Quinn Priester getting the call up today. We'll start today. Um, and again, we're talking about a guy who's like overall numbers aren't aren't great, right? But like when you look at recently, like his April was was not good at all. And then he kind of hit his stride a little bit. Um, so like I'm going to talk about this too. Like his last 13 games, right? 13 starts, which was 68 innings pitch, a 3.31 ERA, 126 WHIP, um, six and zero in those starts, but. He seems to be very up and down, right? He has a good start, has a not so good start, has a good start, not so good start, right? But I think at this point, and it's almost like with Andy, I think we kind of know what Quinn Priester is and, and maybe just level off some expectations you might have had for him, I guess maybe like two years ago. He was a talk of the town during COVID, right? Everyone was talking about Quinn Priester in camp, right? Where there's no actual games happening. And then he kind of came out and maybe was overhyped with that. Still, solid pitcher, but I don't think we're looking at Quinn Priester being a top of the rotation type of guy. Fair? That's 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 fair. Um, what you're gonna see out of Quinn Priester, I think, is um, you're you're gonna see inconsistency. That that's that's probably what you're gonna see from him. He's a he's a he's a young pitcher. He's still just 22 years old. Uh, you know, we're, we're four years since he was drafted straight out of high school. He has performed well everywhere he's been at triple a this year. He's, he's been fine. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been bad, but he's been fine. Um, double a last year. He was, it was his best year really that he ever put up, but no, you're going to see a guy who I think is going to be inconsistent at times, but, um, he's pretty efficient. You know, he, 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 stays around the plate the command's good he doesn't walk a ton of batters he also doesn't strike out a ton of batters um he definitely relies on more like soft contact he'll he will you know he's able to strike people out he's got his breaking stuff you'll see it tonight is is very good um the curveball that he's going to bring to this staff is probably the best curveball on the team like he's probably got the best curveball on the team the day he walks into that clubhouse, which is pretty impressive. Um, and there's some good curveballs on this team. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, the fastball is kind of what's going to limit his ceiling because, and, and we kind of see similar things with like Luis Ortiz, right? In in his fastball, it just doesn't miss a ton of bats, uh, and and when you can't, when your fastball is hittable like that. Uh, it's, you'll get some good games out of him, like when everything's on, but when that fastball isn't on or when his breaking stuff is off, you're going to get some, some duds, right? So just expect some growing pains out of Quinn Priester. Uh, I do think he's, he's one of those like low variable guys, like low variance guys where like, I don't think, I don't think Quinn Priester is not a major league starter. Like I think, right. At worst, you're looking at a number five starter in, in baseball. Like he's he's a starting pitcher. He's got a five pitch arsenal. 
they're all saw like they're all they're all okay pitches and he's got some really good ones like the, the dude's a starting pitcher um it's just going to depend on can he figure out something to do with his fastball to make it less hittable because that's going to define what his ceiling is right i think right now his ceiling is probably like the number three starter i think he's going to slate more into like that number four four role so like kind of think of Last year, JT Brubaker, you know, last year, JT Brubaker is probably what you can expect from Quinn Priester. Um, inconsistency, but every once in a while, he'll get you like a really good start. Sometimes he'll get knocked out after four innings, but for the most part, he's going to give you a chance to win every single time. It's going to give you two wins above replacement. He's going to be, he's going to be a major league starter that m- most teams would welcome on their rotation. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, don't expect an ace. Quinn Priester's not an ace. The fastball limits that. Um, but I think you can expect someone who more often than not is going to give your team a chance to win the game. As long as that team has an offense, <laughs> that's to be, to be determined right now. But um, hey, the and now you don't have a 20 WRC right. plus catcher batting. Right. Idea, so, so. so maybe – but yeah, I think that's well said. Um, <clears throat> to kind of quote what you said here as well, I think is the best way of putting it. Quinn's off speed, right, is what gives him the ceiling. His fastball is what gives him the floor. You know, it's it's that's what's going to limit him, right? So I'm with you. You know, I think there was a lot of hype between with uh, Quinn Priester, but I think that's kind of settled now, right? So I think the expectations are pretty much what you said, and and that's fine. Like, also, like that that's fine. What makes it more fine too is the team drafted Paul Skeen. So like you don't need Quinn Priester to be like a top of the rotation type of person, right? You already got Mitch Keller here. If Skeens is here next year, like one and two is locked up. You need three, fours, and fives. So Quinn Priester, if you could just fill in one of those roles, you start to squint and see a relatively competent rotation in the mix, right? In the future. Um, but yeah, like, and that's not to hate on Quinn Priester at all. You know, so again, like you mentioned, like he certainly has a look of a major league starter. This isn't someone we're calling up and, and hoping for the best. I guess to put it like with Oviedo, right? Oviedo has stuff, but you could see him being a reliever. Quinn Priest is going to be a starter through and through. Uh, so, yeah, also, again, pretty exciting stuff. He gets the call today. We'll start, so you guys can see him firsthand. Anything else you want to add to Quinn Priester? Oh, I guess just one other thing I just want to add. Nothing that happens to deal with him, but dude, just an absolute unit. Just a house. I mean, strong. <laughs> like, you just look at him, just strong, rip, cut, everything. Like, he's just a specimen. Yeah, I mean, he he's listed, I think, at 6'3". I'd be shocked if he's not more 6'4"-ish. Like, he's a big dude. He's your prototypical workhorse starting pitcher. Uh, he can go deep into games. He can throw a lot of pitches. Yeah, like he's he's kind of he's built to last. He's built like to he's, last. He's he's uh he's a durable guy. You sound like um, my dad talking about his his first car. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's a pretty durable guy. Um, and, and you're gonna see, like I said, pretty pretty um pretty legit arsenal. Like he's he he's got a sinker, he's got a four seam, so he's got a couple different versions of his fastball. Slider, curveball are both very good pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, he throws a, he throws a changeup and he throws it a pretty decent amount too. Um, and he even sprinkles in a cutter 
every once in a while. It's a pitch he's working on. Um, but it is something where, yeah, if he can kind of figure out that cutter, that gives him another look on that fastball that maybe helps him out a little bit more. Uh, but, but yeah, like lots, lots of pitches, got a good arsenal. And, and a lot of the pitchers, like the curveball and the slider are both excellent pitches. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see, uh, to see Quinn Priester. There you go. Well, then let's move on to the next player. The last player getting called up today as well. Uh, as mentioned, that's Leover Piguero. He already has made his major league debut, right? He was here for like the weekend, uh, more or less last year because of injuries and such proximity right he was close they got up here right away um but i guess this one is like more or less here to stay type of debut right so it's not it's not as fun exciting as like your major league debut but this one is more or less like we're calling up for real this time uh what i think is really cool as well was we know how close him and nick gonzalez are i mean they've been going through the minor leagues together since you know gonzalez has been drafted uh, they're very, very tight. That the double play partners, right? And the fact is, right now, at this point in time, that's they're they're here together in that sense. Nick Gonzalez is here, Piguero's here, and we saw Piguero in the game when Nick Gonzalez got called up. Like there was an off day, and he was at PNC, and they got interviewed, and he was like, "I'm I'm coming, on God, I'm coming," right? Mm-hmm. And he he willed it, made it happen. He went to AAA. He was only there for a little bit of time. Uh, as a matter of fact, how many games was it in AAA? Seven, Seven games. He was basically there a week. Yeah, he was there a week and got caught up. So good for him. You know, now we have talked about him on on Starbucks, right, a little bit, and I think we're both on here. Like, it's I'm good with a Pigero call up. I don't know if it's in the cards right now, right away, but I think it's time to start pushing that narrative. And here we are. It happened, Jim. Yeah, I mean, similar situation to. To, to, to Andy, like he, Piguero has been performing for the most part all year long. And what's been exciting about Piguero's season is the reason why scouts have liked him for so long and why he was on these top prospect lists at such a young age is because of the power potential that, that comes with him. And you finally are kind of seeing him now tap into that power uh, you know, he had 10 homers last year in double A. He had 11 this season in just his first 69 games before getting promoted. So the power is there now. Like it's it's kind of arrived. He's tapped into it. He's always been been someone who's hit the ball hard. He barrels balls up. Now he's it's like he's finding his swing. He's really finding his swing. Um, he's getting lift on the balls. He's driving it. And the it's not altering his approach. The approach has gotten even better. He's walking more this season than he ever has before in the minors. He's striking out less than he ever has before. And he's hitting the ball harder and farther than he ever has before. Like the guy's bat has seriously taken a step forward this season, which you just love to see because I feel like the Pirates just they 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 just need needed one of these minor league middle infielders to kind of develop. And who knows if Piguero is going to be the one, right? But you've seen a lot of progression with Piguero and his bat specifically this season. Again, super young. He's 22 years old. So him and Quinn Priest are coming up at 22. Uh, yeah, hopefully he's here to stay. But like I, I mentioned the, the, the Endy thing, like the Pirates just need someone who's competent at shortstop too because they don't have they don't 
they haven't had that since O'Neill Cruz went down, and that was April 9th or something like that. Yeah. I think the Pirates' shortstop position since April 9th is – I know Connor was spitting some numbers on the postgame show a couple of week, couple uh, days ago, um, like 80-something, like an 80-weighted runs created plus since the Cruz injury from the shortstop position. And on top of that, they've been playing atrocious defense at that position. So That's you've got – so, so you've got a position where you desperately need someone who can field it, and you desperately need someone who can just hit. And, and right now, Piguero's defense is his biggest concern. The bat, the bat can play, I think, at the major league level at the shortstop position, right? So now it's just a matter of, okay, can the glove play? And I still don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Like that's yeah. That, hey, we'll see. <laughs> like, but but like, let's let's see. Let's see if it does. Um, he's just based on like it's hard to 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 judge off of minor league numbers, and I don't watch a ton of Altoona Curve games, so it's hard to hard to know what he's looked like. His issues last season and you know in the fall league were the arm, like. He, he can't throw the ball to first base from the shortstop position consistently. So if he can get that under control, then the athleticism is there. He can definitely, he can definitely field the position. It's just a matter of once you field it, can you get the ball to first base? That's been Piguero's issue the last couple of seasons. Right. Yeah. Like Eric Lungenhagen pretty much said, like he just developed the yips. Like he just got the yips. He can't throw the ball. Uh, you're right. Like the, the glove was never the issue more or less, right? Like, Oh no, Cruz's issue was the glove, right? Little glove stay at short, right? Marcano has a glove, he has no arm. Pagaro, I don't like to say has a glove like Marcano, but like he has the glove, it's just the arm. Like, I, I don't, it's, it seems like it's more mental. Like, he has an arm, it's, it works, it throws the ball hard and just not accurate for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I'm at. Like, I'm worried about the defense. The defense has been very, very atrocious on shortstop. But I guess it's like the Austin Hedges effect in the sense of can his bat at least outplay that, right? You've been frustrated with the defense all year long, but it's also been more or less incompetent, not Austin Hedges level, but incompetent offense also. So if Figueroa can at least give you the same defense, which you already have, but upgrade the bat, then it's still a net positive. You know, there's still some positive that which you have currently. Um, I'm not sure if the bat will, and I'm not sure the, you know, the glove's going to be that atrocious either. But I'm intrigued for sure by him. Um, I think what's funny, too, is we talk about him and Nick Gonzalez, right? They're kind of like tied to the hip in a sense, like as far as prospects. And, you know, both of them are kind of in the same way frustrating. You, you talk about, like, I feel like every single year, well, Nick Gonzalez and Piguero aren't performing. Are they going to be prospects? And you're talking, oh, wow, Nick Gonzalez and Piguero are just dominating right now. Put them back in the prospect list, right? They're the future. Mm-hmm. And like this year, the same thing. Like Gonzalez had his struggles and he caught on. You still have some worries, right? But he caught on. He's in the bigs right now. Piguero was struggling again and, and you're just really ready to write him off as a prospect. And then he just caught fire. But I feel like he caught fire in a huge way this year and probably more than like he ever has. And it's like how you said, like the walk rate, it's all the other peripherals, right? It's not just like he's hitting the ball and his average there and his power. Like, all the other stuff, like the, the strikeouts have really calmed down, the walk rates there. And what I want to use again, you know, we talked in April, I think, to an extent how just every prospect is struggling. And we were so worried about this farm system in April because everyone was struggling. So also going to Pagaro, much like I did Queen Priester, 
uh, since May, right? Like his numbers, like his walk rate, 9.7%. His striker, strikeout rate, 18.2 in double A since, uh, since May. That, that plays. And like you said, if you're still having that type of power and not striking out at that rate, right? 124 weight runs created plus, like that, that absolutely plays. You're slugging almost 500 and striking out 18% of the time. That's, that's a positive. I wasn't expecting that from Peguero. Again, not sure that's going to translate to the majors, but again, that this is what intrigues you now. This is what puts you back on the list as like a prospect to really, you know, be intrigued, look into. And the other thing, like you said, you just need one to stick. And so far the pirates have not found one middle infielder of all they've acquired that, that you like are feel comfortable with. Right. So Peguero's yeah. next on that list. And hopefully, like you said, he can stick around. I mean, Nick Gonzalez is up. There's still some concerns, but he's, he's holding his ground to a degree. Um, still fresh, right? Small sample size, but Peguero's here now. So there's another one added to the list to look into. So like, that's what the Pirates are going to need. And also not that who he left exposed, but he is rule five eligible. Um, there's a lot of guys again in rule five to look into. So seeing everyone is uh, certainly something they need to do this year. And uh, yeah, so Peguero gets to call. So I guess kind of to wrap this up, what are you expecting rest of the season for all three? Yeah, good question. Um, with Andy, I'm expecting okay to solid defense behind the plate. Um, I don't, I don't think they move him around very much. I don't think they move I him around very much at the major league level. Too. I feel like he's going to mostly stick a catcher. Uh, you may see him take like a game or two at first base, but it, it, he's going to be catching, I think, for the most part. Um, but I, I'm expecting Andy Rodriguez to, you know, at least be like a 90 weight runs created plus type of player, 90 or above. That that would be my expectation. Um, Quinn Priester, kind of how I mentioned before, I think he'll be inconsistent. But, you know, maybe two out of three times, he's given you a, a pretty good start. Um, JT Brubaker level production is kind of where I kind of keep going back to with Quinn Priester. I think that is, I think that is very fair to expect. Like if you look at, if you look at 2022 JT Brubaker, like that's, that's what I expect from Quinn Priester. Um, Piguero is a little more interesting because I think the ceiling is kind of there with Piguero where like if the power, if the power plays, you, you could you might have something there. Um, I, I'm interested to see how he looks defensively at shortstop, but I think the bat can play at least better than than any other option they've had there at shortstop this year. What's going to be interesting about Piguero in his case is, you know, and Nick Gonzalez has a lot to do with this too. O'Neill Cruz isn't that far off. Like we're probably within a month of seeing O'Neill Cruz again. So, but but you know that means you get a month of runtime of. Like, let's see what a Piguero Gonzalez middle infield can look like, right? Right. Um, but then once that month comes and O'Hill Cruz is back, you've got to basically pick one, Gonzalez or Piguero. Or you can kind of split time at second base between the two of them. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at. So I think right now you almost have Piguero and Gonzalez competing against each other for future playing time going forward. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really totally on board with that. 
not that that really matters what we're talking about right now, just because I feel like they might really ease Cruz back in. Maybe more DHing. That's fair too. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see. Because obviously with Kutch, like that's that's also how you get Kutch in the game. So I guess we'll find out. But um, but either way, yeah, I think what's funny is Pagero was the least rated prospect of the three. But of ones who are like performing, he was the better performing prospect of all of them. So yeah, like I'm kind of intrigued too. Like maybe long term, you look at Andy being the better player, right? Quinn being the better player. But right now, Pegaro's on fire. So I kind of feel like he might perform the best currently at the major leagues this year, right now. Um, <clears throat> again, we'll find out. I'm not labeling that, but uh, I think there's a fair assessment. Like that's also the other thing too. I don't think anyone should expect like Andy to come up and just tear it up. Like most prospects, he might have a like a fine one or two weeks, league will adjust, have some struggles, right? But the big part about this is, like, finally getting up here and finally getting those adjustments. So like, next year, you're ready to go also. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, a 90-weighted run grade plus is is perfectly acceptable, probably okay. And also, again, 70 points better than the current position is giving you. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Like, even if he's a below-average hitter, he's still a significant upgrade at that position. Significant. <laughs> and uh, I think he can – I think – I mean, the ceiling's there. He can he can be better than that. But I think that's probably a, a proper expectation. I, I think Andy Rodriguez and Quinn Priester are, are major league baseball players. Yeah, um, for sure. Piguero, I'm still not 100% positive on. Uh, so, like, let's find out. Yep. All right. So – I'm officially excited now, Jim. You lifted me up. <clears throat> it was good to All talk right. about this today and discuss it. Uh, I guess if you have the mindset, right, it's now the 2023 Pirates. We know who they are. They've decided that they're not going to attempt to even try to make a playoff push in this weak division. So it's no longer about wins and losses. Although, granted, you don't have to choose to lose as many as you can. Uh, the kids, as they say, are here. Like The kids are here. So now let's refocus and put your mindset back into developmental a year. Just watch the kids grow. Who cares about anything else? Trade deadline's coming up. Short guys will be, you know, moved. Make mm-hmm. more room for the kids. Uh, that's where I think, like, once, hopefully, maybe Santana, I doubt Troy, right? Like, the first base position probably opens up a little bit, so that's how Andy plays first. Maybe Henry gets in the catching role, right? Andy's probably going to play first base. Like you said, I don't see him playing second base too much this year as well. I think they want to really hone in on his catching. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these kids to play going forward. So uh, let's be excited for that. See how they all develop. Yeah, and like all the kids are here now. They like really, they're all here. Well, yeah, we, we kind of sent some kids away, but <laughs> Ro and Ortiz could come back soon. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the, the pitchers the pitchers need to get here. <laughs> right. But as far as the prospects who've developed and are on the cusp, right, they, they're now all here. There's no one really else that you're waiting on to come to the majors. So, uh, yeah, good times for that, I guess. Yep. So, either way, we out of here? I think we're out. All right. Appreciate you all for watching. We'll see you tonight for a Quinn Priest to start. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video, 
and subscribe to the page. It helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.